Hi, welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Joey. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. I'm a recovering addict and the grateful creator and host of this podcast. Settle in. This space is for you. Hey everyone, it's Joey here. And today we have a really special guest. I'm super excited to welcome my good friend, Joshua Burwald, back to the podcast. How are you doing, Joshua? I'm I'm doing well. I am trying to catch up because I listen to the podcast at two times speed. And so now you sound drunk. And... <laughs> <laughs> Oh and my I'm, just, God. I'm just like that intro. I've never heard that intro at normal speed. <laughs> I'm amazed that you're able to listen to everything at two times speed. I know that you do that with audiobooks too. Um, yeah. Most podcasts, some podcasts, people talk really, really, really fast and it's really hard. But, uh, you know, obviously your podcast specifically is not a place where people are talking too fast. That is very true. <laughs> yes. I, I received that word. Um, so uh, I want to tell our um, listening audience a little bit about you so the listening audience for Earthmakers has grown over the past uh, year or so and uh, the last time we talked to Joshua was in season one when we were doing a series on the Beatitudes which are spiritual practices um, and mandates found in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and Joshua shared some thoughts on the eighth beatitude. Can't even remember which one that was. Um, The eighth one. Yeah, that one. Um, (laughs) um, And Joshua uh, actually told me recently that he has um, uh, a history uh, of growing up in a home of abuse and um, so I want to we have a lot of people that have experienced abuse on different levels and so just content warning for everybody we are talking about abuse today and what it's like to be on the other side of it Um, yeah and probably the president yes yeah absolutely soon to be former president yes soon to be former president yes thanks thanks be to the higher power that's good news Um, so Joshua how would you identify uh, your spirituality? Uh, I would call myself a progressive Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would still be comfortable with the word evangelical in its like actual meaning. Yeah. But not so much with the baggage it now has. Yep. Um, so in the original meaning, meaning that I am sharing good news with people, yes. In the meaning that I am a, a uh, person who walks up and tells you how you're going to hell because of this or that, uh, not so much. Not that person. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not that person. That's good. Yeah. So good. I imagine you invite a lot of those folks on the podcast. So I'm oh, absolutely. That yeah. That's like my yeah. favorite thing to do is to like really upset people. Like I'm like, really looking forward to your Michelle Bachman podcast. That's gonna be. Oh my gosh! 
It's going to be excellent. Oh, that, oh, can you imagine? Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Joshua, what are your preferred pronouns? I am a he, him. Okay, great. I am a, I am, I am the, the full uh, uh, privilege package. I am straight, <laughs> cis, white, male. The only thing I don't have is money. Yeah, I was just about my own say, fault. Like you're not very wealthy because you you're in ministry. So yeah, what? Yeah. Like not like there's got to be another word. Like not very wealthy still kind of implies like you know oh he's not a very wealthy white man. Like yeah <laughs> no I, there's no money there's there's you, know, you ever met those people who are like oh we just don't have the money for it but that means there's thirty thousand dollars in their like savings account. Yep. You ever met those people? I'm like. What? <laughs> You don't even know. That's how much I made last year. Like, shush. Yeah, That's how much my wife and I made last year. Yeah. I totally don't get that. And I think as somebody that uh, grew up with uh, in poverty, so I, my family, um, uh, whenever I look at my bank account now, I'm like, wow, we've got money. Like, it's not, (laughs) it's not a lot. But every time Carrie. There are three digits in there. Oh my gosh. I'm like, holy crap. There's like there's some there's some bills some dollar bills um <laughs> carrie looks at it and she goes oh gosh we really need to be careful and i'm like what we should spend all of it right now and she's like no <laughs> no joey no uh, this it's probably is probably a good thing that you have her yes jo- this is why joey joey the addict does not uh manage the finances in our home because it's not Weird. where my talents lie <laughs> Um, so, uh, you are, um, somebody who works in youth ministry in a church that is aligned with, um, Anabaptist, uh, peace church work. Is that right? Uh, not Anabaptist. Oh, okay. Very sad to hear that. Uh, reformed. Um, but they still baptize babies. So, you know, yeah, they, uh, they, they, we actually had a joke about that the other day because our pastor did a sermon on baptism where he said that he would actually be fine baptizing, baptizing an adult, which to me, I'm like, well, yeah, duh, because I grew up yeah. in a tradition that was Anabaptist. Yep. But uh, to him, it was like this really big deal. <laughs> it was just very funny to me because uh, with maybe the exception of Eucharist, as you know, as as you know, we talk about on our other podcast, like yeah. the sacraments are always, to me, were always kind of something that was there to like help you with, you know, a time in your faith. Like if you want to get baptized as a baby and as an adult, if you want to wake up every morning and like baptize, get baptized in the sink, like good for you. That's yeah. what I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit really, I mean, Christians would say that the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work, which is the Holy Spirit, for those of you who maybe are not familiar with that language, Holy Spirit is the personal spiritual presence of the higher power in the world. Um, And so, yeah, it's interesting the debates that kind of arise around that. Um, I I used to be very much in the thick of those debates, and I'm very much on the margins of those debates now, and I'm, (laughs) I'm like totally cool with that. Um, so I well, say, good because I knew you went to a Lutheran school, so I was, you know, afraid of getting kicked off the podcast just now, 
right, right. Because you know, Earth Maker is making space for everyone except Joshua. That that should be yes. our new tagline. <laughs> well, you know, it's like uh, it's like Groucho Marx would say. You know, I would never want to join a club that would have me as a member. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Joshua, you are um, loved and enough exactly as you are. So I hope that if there is a club started that where you can be a member, that you're the one who starts it and you're the one who joins it. <laughs> Thanks. What? Thanks, Ted. Yeah, you bet. Or are you Mr. Rogers? Oh, yeah. Um, so, speaking of which, so Joshua and I both are fans of the Apple TV Plus series Ted Lasso. And mm-hmm. both also big fans of uh, the Reverend Fred Rogers, may he rest in peace. And um, uh, both, I, I believe that Fred Rogers is one of the great spiritual teachers and gurus of all time uh, uh, throughout mm-hmm. human history. And he has had a, a remarkable impact on my work. And I know he's had a remarkable impact on you as well. Um, and then Ted Lasso uh, is this really great um, series created by Jason Sudeikis. And I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who created Scrubs. Yeah, the Scrubs guy. And um, it is just like the most affirming. Uh, I, I went into this thing like... Joey was like, "No, no, you got to watch this." And I was like, what? "I don't like sports." I think it's like, see, I think it's like episode five before there's even sports. Yeah, like the, you don't see a game of soccer played <laughs> until like halfway through the season. It's great like, though. It, it's so like, I, I think I described Ted Lasso to you like if if Mister Rogers and Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks had a baby together. It would be Ted Lasso. Yes, that's great. Yes, and, like because they like he just has this, you know. It's it's like when when Agent Cooper gets to Twin Peaks and he's like, "What are these trees? I love these trees." Yes. Oh gosh, uh, I love that. But but they also like his character also has like just like Mister Rogers did, has things that trouble him deep inside, but he's so busy taking care of everybody else. Yes. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah, it's so anyway. Good. Y'all should watch that. It's the it's the it's the television show equivalent of a warm blanket that can wrap around you. Yes, I love that description. That's so beautiful. Um, part of my spiritual care and the sp- the spiritual care that my spouse and I have been giving ourselves, uh, especially when I was on furlough um, and quarantine was just kicking our ass, we uh, were watching. It's coming again, baby. Yeah, Woo! quarantine's coming back. Yep, that's true. Um, yay um, we uh, <laughs> we uh, watched um, really took our time watching uh, through the first season of Ted Lasso because it felt like the affirmation and encouragement that we needed it, it felt like Ted Lasso was my pastor um, you know or was like my, my spiritual teacher and it was really oh god it felt so good um, to watch i mean just now i'm getting a little choked up thinking about it i mean that show is just so good um so questions so a few questions for you uh just right out the gate um so uh you are a dad yes yes um last yes. time you checked anyways um yeah there's three of them and i'm very aware that they exist yes and um uh what is it like for you how do you feel about being a dad tell, tell us a little bit about that experience I, it's really fun like most of the time 
it's you know uh, i don't I, i always try to think of like a a, a metaphor but i don't i haven't found one because i'm not sure that there's anything quite like it it's very very hard to to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it but you know like your kid can be driving you absolutely insane like up the wall asking insane questions but then you put them to bed and they're asleep and you just look at them and they're like oh they're so cute when they're sleeping and then <laughs> you forget whatever it was that was driving you absolutely bad shit yeah like every time and then my 4-year-old uh who is like the most precocious child in maybe history uh as you know yes she's great uh she like she makes up for all her nonsense with with like these little things that you're like how is that coming out of that's coming out of a four year old like we were watching um Kamala Harris is victory speech yay yay the other night and she he goes up there and she goes oh oh a girl president and he's like yep and she's like that's cool i'm like yeah she's the first one and she does you know like that when you know that scene in family guy where uh stewie and brian have to go talk to the news anchor cuz his kid was mean yes and yes. they're like don't mention his upside down face yes and then brian immediately mentions the upside down face yes. and stewie does that extremely slow turn of the head yes yeah she does that she does the slow turn of the head and like her eyes are all like her eyebrows are down and furrowed and she's like what do you mean it's the first one wow wow <laughs> yeah she's like what yep. why yep it's ridiculous yep and she's she's not even president i mean she's vice president and but it's still yeah. like i mean you know kalila has well there, i believe wisdom is a spiritual gift they don't think that you necessarily need to be old to tap into the gift of wisdom um and i think that that image of the of wisdom in uh the hebrew scriptures crying out in the streets um is kind of that's what that reminds me of like wisdom in kalila is like what the hell you know <laughs> like what's what's wrong here um so i i have to say um to our audience um so i am uncle joey a u n c l e uh, being the trans non-binary um uncle of these three adorable children um and i am the adopted uncle i am not uh, blood related but i am so honored to be able to be in this the burwald family's life joshua his amazing lovely spouse joy and these three remarkable children um and i uh have grown up around as as a trans non-binary queer person um i have lived my life in great fear of cisgender men in particular with good cis- reason what with good reason yes with good reason yes yep yeah. <laughs> um absolutely and cisgender white men in particular and i can say that the whole like white dad trope um or image that like the 1950s america really wanted to cement is like the you know the dad in the pipe with the pipe and the slippers um uh, like that image is like scarier to me than the clown from it um <laughs> it's just like that that fucking that patriarchy shit really scares me and um 
Joshua is, I have watched him with those children and you are not just a dad. You're a dad and you're a really fucking good dad, first of all, but secondly, and Joy's an amazing mom. You're both incredible parents. And I love watching the way you parent because it just gives me great hope for parents. Um, Because there's so many shitty parents out there and you uh, two are just wonderful. And and you have amazing children. And uh, Joshua, Mm. you are also not just a great dad. You are, I, what I notice anyways, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but what I notice is that you are in a certain way providing uh, spiritual care for your children. Um, is that they are real humans, and I've been told that providing <laughs> spiritual care for real humans is a good idea. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, that's true. I like that you make that clear. Like you know, this if if this podcast goes forever, like for a very long time, and we get to the point that we have artificial intelligence, your title is going to be problematic. It's like, sorry, everybody's welcome except you, robots. Well, because you specifically say real humans, so it's true. You know. That day, when that day comes, you're gonna have to backpedal harder than they did with Aunt Jemima, you know. I'll probably have to change that. <laughs> It'll be spiritual care for all beings, <laughs> and it'll be parentheses um, artificial and organic intelligence. <laughs> Ro- <laughs> Robots, highly intelligent ants, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> come get your spiritual care. Yeah, it's good. So, um, so you grew up in a home that was very different from the one that you are currently uh, living in and running as a parent. Um, yes. And your home is a LGBTQ plus affirming home. Currently. Yes. Um, I am. And I, you know, as a, I I can tell you all as a listening audience and if anybody, and I know that there are some folks who listen to this podcast who identify in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And I just want to like connect with you for a moment. And we all know what it's like to feel unsafe and especially around people who identify as Christians and Joshua and Joy Uh, and their children take the mandate of Jesus to uh, radical hospitality, to love people without pretense um, seriously. And I have always felt safe and welcome in your home. And I know that other people uh, in the LGBTQ plus community have felt safe and welcome in your home. And I just think it's remarkable. It's just awesome. And you're also an anti-racist home. Um, you're a feminist home. Um, you're just so, it's so, it's so cool. Like I, I, and I wish I had had a childhood like that. Um, so, uh, but I mean, you can come live with us, I guess. Yeah. You know what? It, it may happen someday. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I could use some parents, um, because I'm struggling with this whole life thing. Um, so question then, um, what, so what was it like growing up in your home and uh, as a child and what were those well like, yeah let's just start there what was that like for you uh, <clears throat> so my my mom was a single mom 
until I was like five years old. And she got married to a, a fellow who is the father of three of my siblings. Okay. And uh, he had a drinking problem. Um, and I, I actually used to, this is a bit of a side note, but I used to think that, uh, you know, he was a nice person except when he, ha- when he was drinking. But the truth is he just was meaner when he was drinking. And because he's a classic abuser, he, he was the kind of person who could do the like, you know, literally beat you mercilessly and throw you in your room. And then, you know, the cops come over and he's just like the kindest, gentlest, nicest, articulate person you ever met. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is like classic, classic domestic abuser. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if in your, your travels as a counselor, you've run into uh, those kind of situations. Yes. But uh, that's, and that's like textbook, you know, yep, absolutely. like everybody who would meet him was like, he's, you've got such a kind dad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, which is why like he, he would, uh, he, he didn't even like music being played in the house. He would get mad if I'd play music. He only wanted to listen to talk radio, which was Fox news before Fox news. Yeah. Um, you know, and like he'd listen to Rush Limbaugh and um, uh, Jason Lewis, who got defeated by Tina Smith. Yay! Yay! Good, um, good, good. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, those of you listening who don't live in Minnesota, um, just just be really happy that Tina Smith won. <laughs> yes, it's good news. It's very good. Jason news. Lewis is. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole thing. Uh, so yeah, like the the feeling was. When I was at, when I was in a safe place, and I didn't have these kind of terms, of course, but when I was in a safe place was like school, uh, the library, a friend's house. But when I came home, like I would be terrified and I'd have to tiptoe to because any anything could set him off. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those situations where you had to do something really bad and act out. It was like if you were slurping your soup at dinner uh there was a time that i was holding my fork incorrectly which by the way there's not a way to hold a fork incorrectly yep. if the food gets in your that's mouth. right but whatever <laughs> right um i was holding my fork incorrectly and he brought a spoon down on the bridge of my nose oh wow yeah I still have that scar that one's fun um you know so so it wasn't it wasn't one of those like i acted out a lot it was anything like anything could set it off you just had anger and uh so i spent a lot of time in my room reading books um i did i did often i would hide under the my bed and i would have my alarm clock which also had an fm tuner and that's how i discovered that i liked 50s and 60s music because i'd play it very softly and because no one else was playing music in my house I'd had it very softly, and I would just I just scan stations until I found something, and I always landed on the oldies. Go figure. Wow, I love that. Yeah, yeah and and good Joshua story. has great taste in music, um, which is that's which correct. Is good. Um, 
So, uh, first of all, just like, wow. Um, I'm sure that that was a terrifying way to grow up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you don't know until, like, until you realize that that's not everybody's experience. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, well, cause that's all you've ever known, you know? Like I'm not I'm not John Locke over here. I'm not like you know Tabla Rosa. Like we start with nothing, and but you know if if the I am really I know I know he's not your favorite dude, but like the John Wesley like experience is important to spiritual growth. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Thing, like if you've never experienced anything else, that's all you know. You know, yep. Um, it's the same reason that I get like pissed off when I hear people talking about you know, North Koreans and how they want to kill us all. I'm like, what else have they been? They have nothing else. There's nothing else they've been taught. They don't have access to any other information. Right. Like, sure. But it's not. Yep. Yep. I totally get that. Yeah. So you're, it's like, so it sounds like the way in which you were growing up made it feel like you were a problem, but that, but you were used to it it was like well this is how it, it works um yeah yeah i mean he didn't do much to my siblings because they were his and then he would also abuse my mom um which has really messed up my other siblings it's a whole other thing right uh but uh yeah so, so yeah it it just felt like that was just my life yep. So what, when was the point, if there was a point where you were like, where you realized this is not normal, this is not okay, and I need to move, move beyond this, move away from this? Probably, so I learned in elementary school that it wasn't No, I learned in elementary school that if I told adults my story, they would feel bad for me, and that was nice. Yeah. Um, I never could do anything about it because laws are stupid. Yep. Um, but it wasn't until I like was old enough, you know, like early teens old enough to like hang out with other people's families to find out like oh wait why do you guys like each other so much yeah (laughs) what's going on (laughs) you know and then all my friends telling me every time they met my dad they'd be like he's freaky yeah (laughs) yep that's really good oh okay that's good that you had that like that normal like response from from people in the community who are like wait a minute this is not okay like it's sometimes that's what we need in order to be like oh yeah that's i didn't realize that you know because we get trapped in this space that is a container that's sort of toxic and we just don't or very toxic and we just don't know um so uh looking at well, and this was also the, it was the '90s, right? Yep. yep. Like, 
it is isn't it weird to think like how different even the 90s was i mean like the no like you couldn't even do no fault divorce until the 80s in most in most states right like totally bananas isn't it 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 is it's crazy it's it the whole thing is just yeah you know and what's amazing to me is sort of looking at you know when you and i met um we bonded over your star wars shirt um or was Mm -hmm. it mine it was yours um and uh at what we were at church standing in line for food and which is always the best way to meet is standing in line for food um and uh so there is a, a very and i think anybody listening to this podcast who knows you joshua would say like you and joy and your children um have a warm and loving home and presence it's a very it's it's a very spiritually safe and uplifting space and you have invested a great deal of energy and a great deal of your life into uh theology and uh pastoral ministry and pastoral care these are passions of yours um and so you are a pastoral care provider just by nature of who you are right um and i'm finally getting paid yeah which is awesome it's about time so joshua is in seminary um uh finally online uh you know covid and um yeah well, to be fair, my seminary would be online. Oh, that's way. true. That's true. <clears throat> yes. Um, studying under one of the great um, open theologians of, in America at least, Thomas Ward, um, a great, a wonderful spiritual teacher. If you have not read the book God Can't by Thomas Ward and you are someone who is interested in conversations around God and the problem of evil and trying to wrestle with that, which a lot of human beings do, please read God Can't by Thomas Ward. Um, it's, isn't it, isn't it funny? I think about that book all the time and I want to recommend it to people all the time. But then I remember if I reckon, so if I recommend that to like you um, or, or somebody of your ilk, I can recommend it. And you know that I'm not like necessarily endorsing every single right. view. It's a conversation, yep. right? Whereas an, an evangelical person, by and large, expects that if you recommend a book, you agree with everything that's in the book. Yep. It's so weird. Not that I, I, I agree with a lot of God can't. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just really, int- the minefield of being a pastor, even a youth pastor at a church where the congregation is more conservative than the me. I won't out anybody else, but like definitely more conservative than right. me. It's just, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that just our whole, like, you know, you want to talk about like abuse, you know, the, the non, basically anybody who wasn't a white male has been abused for the last four years. Yes. Yep. And, and now we're at this point where, the people who were abusing are saying like, Hey, you know, quit making us, us feel bad. Cause, uh, you know, our guy won. 
or our guy didn't win. And I have very complicated feelings about, you know, like even when when Joe Biden gets up and he says it's time for Americans to come yep. together. He's not wrong. Like he's no, not he's wrong. Not. Yeah. The th- the thing is, and I've been working on this in my head like for days. Um but and I I don't know who your who your audience is on this on this here cast, but this one this is for the the cis straight white men who are listening is if that's going to happen it's going to be mostly on us it's going to be our responsibility and and let me clarify before you get emails <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference between a something that's a responsibility and something you have capacity for i have a responsibility to my children right like it doesn't matter if i'm like awake or or ready like I, it doesn't matter like i don't have a choice i need to take care of my children that's right uh as as an as a victim of abuse personally i do not have a responsibility to reach out to my stepdad and make amends and right now i don't have the capacity either right so when we're talking about bringing the country back together it is not uh the the job of the lgbtq plus community the bipoc community to reach out to white supremacists <laughs> that's a ridiculous notion yep but as a straight white cis dude it is my responsibility because i can speak that language yep and they like even even though the words that they might say to me will be ugly it's not like it's not abusive to me i'm not oppressed <laughs> right yeah mm-hmm. and, and and it's hard and you know there's like you know if you've got cis white dudes listening um it's 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 a really hard thing to hear that uh especially uh especially if you don't feel like you're racist or you don't feel like you're homophobic and i i can tell you that if you were if you're a millennial like basically any stripe of millennial you are at least a little bit racist and a little bit homophobic and you don't even mean it you just you yep. are like you are i i am participating in a system that actively keeps people who are not like me down and i don't mean to i don't want to i i actively try not to but it's just a fact and the other fact is that it's not an automatic behavior all the time I know to say things like uh bipoc I know that your pronouns are they them theirs but I have to like I have to there's like an extra step for me I have to think it and then do it it it's an active it's an it's an active thing uh I know for like my students 
that I'm teaching in youth group, a lot of them, it's not an active thing. Like they're, thank God, growing up in a in a world where, of yeah, there are three three sets of pronouns. Like that's normal. That's that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's really awesome. At least my at least mine are like mine haven't had a problem, um, which is great, especially considering the church they're at, which is really kind of funny. But that's generation whatever it is. I don't know is generation Z or what, whatever this generation after millennials Gen Z, is. Yeah. Definitely feels like they got their shit together better than millennials do. Well, <laughs> thankfully somebody does. I mean, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, and I say that as an elder millennial. Um, but on the other hand, and the so not being a member of an oppressed community, I am in no position to tell you like how to reach out to people who voted for Trump. Okay. What I, what I can say, and you don't have to do anything about it. Again, I use that word capacity. If you have the capacity to reach out, that's wonderful because we need you, but you don't have the responsibility. Yeah. And, but to, to these folks that you're trying to reach out for, if you are thinking about reaching out, the thing that needs to be kept in mind is that by and large, uh, now of course you've got your actual KKK members. That's a whole different thing. I'm talking about the most of the people that you like know, like your your aunt, you know, those those folks who are not KKK members, they don't think they're racist. Right. And calling them a racist is offensive yep. to them. Even if it's correct. Yep. Um you know, especially if they're if they're older, you're basically telling them like the way you've been living your life so far has been wrong. Yep. And the so imagine that you're that person. I just want you to be in their shoes. And I'm trying really hard to, to walk the line here between like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be an apologist for them. They're yep. wrong. But at the same time, they have an experience that got them to this point. And their experience now is they're being told they're racist and homophobic. And the only people who are telling them that are people who hate them. Yes. And that's that's hard. That doesn't make them oppressed. That sometimes doesn't even make me feel bad for them. But it's still yep. the truth. Like, the president... I don't really feel like saying his name, but the current president who is soon to be evicted. (laughs) You know, as much as is humanly possible to feel feelings about that person, he wasn't, he didn't have to be this way. That's right. He He also had a really terrible father. He did, yeah. And sure like i'm proof that having a terrible father doesn't necessarily but who knows what if i had had a terrible father and been stupid rich like who knows that you know i got i'm i'm saved from from that maybe because i had experiences i met people who didn't look like me or think like me i don't think the president's ever had that and again it's not an excuse it's just it's a reason he's like these folks are made they're not born this way And so, yeah, 
white people need to change white straight cis males especially like there are things we need to change we need to change our language and be and we need to change our jokes um but we <laughs> these folks talk about that like that's oppression and they yeah. don't they have any idea oppressed. yeah no yeah and it's it's hard to know how to reach out to them and yet especially in my current role i have that responsibility to figure out how to navigate yeah that. which i'm glad that it's you because um you're kind of like an ambassador in that way um because you have a foot in both worlds you have a foot in the the uh you know the progressive supportive lgbtq plus uh communities and supporting the bipoc folks and you know basically being on the right side of history and you've also got your other foot in the world of white christians white straight cisgender male christians and uh, evangelical christians in particular and you are um i i love the way that you have set this up is really fascinating and interesting because we started talking about your experience at home with your uh stepdad and the mm -hmm. the abuse you that you grew up with at the hands of a straight white uh cisgender male um and how straight white cisgender males continue to perpetrate abuse but on a more mass systemic scale now um toward marginalized peoples and just like and i just want to reiterate this to our listening audience you said something really important there joshua just like it's not your it's not on you it's not your job to reach out to your stepdad and be like hey uh let's reconnect like and i'm sorry <laughs> that i was such a shitty uh stepson to you and i made you so mad that you had to beat me you know like um you it's it, it, if anything it's his job to reach out to you and to make amends um and so that's but but there's so much ignorance on that side and so we need teachers earth makers like you who are going to go out there and actually do the work of communicating to that community that what they need to do is be prepared to be the ones to reach out because it's not our job to reach out to them and i think that that's really right. that's really healing for our audience to hear that that's good and and you know again like i i want to differentiate between uh responsibility and capacity yep. like if you have the capacity like um why am i losing her name now R white fragility mm. anyway these uh, there's a lot of bipoc authors who have the capacity to try and reach out to white yep. folks and and good for them because they deal with so much shit that um, that's hard like I see uh, Matthew Vines out there for the LGBTQ yep. community out there swinging and it's just like, like good on you because that's that's hard yes, it is. Um, you know for me the worst thing I that might happen to me is I get told I'm a heretic and I it's fine <laughs> I get that all the time they can't attack who I am as right. a person and for so many of these folks it's just 
that they've been sold a bill of goods and it can't like oh, I need to make it clear that it's not an excuse but it is a yep. reason do you, do you remember that SNL like maybe the finest SNL skit that they've done in like four years was that um, that Black Jeopardy with Tom Hanks yes absolutely so you know they're, they're finding it so Tom Hanks is playing like clearly an impoverished white guy and uh, he's playing against he's playing Black Jeopardy against two black people and he's getting some of the answers because they have a similar experience of like oh yeah you don't go to the shop to get your car fixed you have a guy you know like or like yeah we're both terrified of the government tracking us like all this and then at the end Final Jeopardy is lives that matter and Tom Hanks's character says well I got some things to say about this yeah. like they've been told by people who they view as strong because violence equals strength unfortunately in this in this paradigm they've been told by people who they view as strong that if it wasn't for black people they'd be doing better yep and then on the other side the same story in reverse is being told yeah and i you know i'm not going to get all conspiracy theory whatever but like it sure seems like a very convenient way to keep the poor people down. Absolutely. It is. And thankfully we've got voices like yours. Um, So I, I, what I love about your story is that you, you are the example of somebody who was, who survived. You're a survivor. You survived um, abuse and the way that you moved on from abuse was to become the thing that you needed. You have made space for your children to show up exactly as they are and for your spouse and for your friends and for the youth that you serve at your church as a youth minister. Um, and uh, I mean, you are a gracious person. You are, you know, you're leading with compassion and kindness, you know, go figure, you know, a, a Christian leading with compassion and kindness and grace. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's this new thing. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, you know, nobody has really thought of it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I just love <sighs> it. I love what I love is that you're the real deal. And, and I, um, you know, I'm, this is not an ass kissing episode, even though it might feel like one, but like, uh, <laughs> it's, well, I mean, because COVID. exactly right. We can't, we can't kiss asses because of COVID. Exactly. Um, but I would, you know, um, so I absolutely. know you would. Um, so, uh, now you are providing the opposite of what you were provided you're doing the thing of course gandhi is uh always credited and it's probably not even true but he's credited with saying be the change that you want to see in the world and it's a it's a cliche at this point but it's real i mean that's that's real spiritual work um so uh for our audience what is for those people listening who have experienced any form of abuse how would you recommend that they live their life? Like what spiritual practice would you recommend that they engage in um, after they've moved on from abuse? Like what is a spiritual practice that has helped you to 
move on from the harm of abuse? Well, it's a good question. There's a few answers. So, first of all, um, if if by moved on from abuse you mean gotten out of that situation, the first thing you need to do after you're out of that situation is find a counselor and find people who will affirm that your experience is not normal because uh, someday you're going to want to create another relationship and you don't want to just do the same relationship again. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those stories about people going back to abusers uh, and, and, you know, people are always rolling their eyes. Like, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Well, because it's comfortable. Yep. Well, you know, like, you know, like any, anybody who's, who's had any kind of neurodivergence or abuse situation knows like sometimes even shitty things are more comfortable than new, not shitty yep. things. That's right. You know, and and unfortunately, I actually came up with this analogy the other day. You gotta let me as a as a spiritual care counselor. You gotta let me okay. know what you think of this. Um, I, I was saying because we were having this big conversation with a bun- with a couple of people at work, and we were talking about you know I've got depression, another's got anxiety, another's got ADHD, and then there's one who, whose son is uh, is a person with autism. And I was like, isn't it weird how all of those things are kind of like Taco Bell burritos? It's the same four ingredients, but they're just mixed different ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of times it presents the same, which has got to be hell for people who have to diagnose. Oh, this yeah. Thing. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, um, so that would be that'd be the first thing is, is you know, track down your community. Um, thankfully, we live in a time where it's relatively easy to find a community. Um, if if you can you know have access yep. to the internet, um, so there's that. Uh, the 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 th- the second thing, and for me, it's gonna be different for everybody, right? Because spiritual practice is spiritual practice. We're all wired a little differently, yep. right? But for me, um, it's been it's been practicing peace. So I've evolved in that spiritual practice kind of from starting with just being a, I'm a pretty sanguine, like I don't have big outbursts of, of strong emotions. Usually part of that's part of that's my personality, but part of that is, um, when I was practicing sto- stoicism for a while, and that's the part of it I took away. It was, you know, they, they put a lot of, that philosophy puts a lot of premium on yep. control. And where I now, now as a, as a progressive Christian, I find that I want to surrender more control to my higher power. I still really enjoyed the practices that I learned uh, as far as 
not basically not doing hot takes around people I'm not comfortable with, which is why you get hot takes all the time. Like half the time when I text you, it's a thing that I actually wanted to tweet. Yes. <laughs> and decided that's probably not yep. a good idea. <laughs> like, did, did I text you the other day? Did I say, um, just asking for the president elect, is Romans 13 still going to be canon or is yep, that out yep. again? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, so so that that was part of it. Um, but I've, I've continued down that. So I do, uh, I call it centering, yes, centering prayer. prayer. Yep. You know, basically, I mean, it's as much as uh, I get into arguments with my friend James, who says it's not. It's meditation. Absolutely it is, yes. You know. Uh, it's not clear your mind meditation. It's focused on this thing meditation, but it's meditation. And I do that. I have a reminder because everything in my life is somehow tied to technology. Uh, I have reminders on my phone and I do it. So Daniel did it three times a day, according to the book of Daniel. And I do it four times. So I'm better than Daniel. <laughs> yeah. No, and absolutely. Um, I mean, um, you can tell uh, your friend James, um, if he's listening to this, um, that uh, centering prayer and meditation are absolutely the same thing. And as somebody who teaches meditation and centering prayer in my work, they do the exact same things to the body and to the mind. Um, and so it is effectively the same thing. Um, there you have it. I, I, um, I, and I just pick a prayer and I usually do the same prayer all week. Uh, like I wrote one, I think I sent you. Oh, it was a beautiful the prayer, yeah. Yep. In, the, in the middle of the presidential yep. nonsense. Um, not that we're not in the middle of it anymore, but at least we're we less have data. in the middle of it now. Um, yes, we have we have data. So any anything else is just the president being a whatever. I can't think of a, a non ableist term to call him, so I'm just going to say I wish he would stop. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, if I can't think of anything, uh, the Lord's prayer is another one for me as a Christian. Um, sometimes, and this probably is because of also growing up in a Lutheran church, uh, sometimes I accidentally mean to pray the Lord's prayer, but accidentally do the apostles yep. creed. I don't know why that happens, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. And I say trespasses, not debts, because capitalism can bite the wing. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that that's my thing about that. Uh, so that, those those are what work good. for me. I would say that your counselor and maybe a spiritual director can help you find out what works for you. Uh, scripture reading is also a big part of of what I do. Um, and you know it can be whatever like just the bible makes sense to me i know a lot about it so i don't have to like if i was to decide that i wanted to start doing the quran i'd have a whole lot of work right. to do whereas the, i can pick up the bible and i have a lot of background information right. reading, so. well joshua um you have uh changed your life and you have provided a new way forward for not just your daughter's but for the youth that you serve and for the Christians that you spend time with, you are 
making a path forward. Um, and uh, that's incredible work in the time that we live in. And so as we're, we're concluding today, um, I just want to thank you, Joshua, for... <laughs> Don't worry, listeners, this will end. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, Your episodes usually aren't an hour true, long. But, but interviews, interviews can go that long. We have some more interviews coming up that are probably going to be about that long. So that's fine. That's good. This is... I'm so looking forward to redacted, redacted, redacted. That's oh yeah, gonna be so great. it's going to be fantastic shit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, first thing for our listening audience, Joshua and I co-host a podcast called Red Wine Movies. It is a spirituality and movies podcast, um, and it we both love uh, movies and television. If you couldn't tell from this conversation, and um, so, uh, we're, we're two, uh, good buddies who have, uh, wonderful conversations. Check out Red Wine Movies wherever you find podcasts. We are currently looking up to bring the podcast back. We've been on a long hiatus and, uh, we're excited about, uh, the direction the podcast is taking. Um, also, yeah, we're hiring an editor so we can actually, yeah. cause yeah, I don't have time sweet. to edit anymore. And I don't have time to teach yeah, Joey how def- to edit. Th- that you wouldn't have. Nobody would have enough time for that. I mean, that would take. I, I don't. I don't know if, if listeners to this podcast have noticed, but this is just Joey is unedited. Yes, I and thank God <laughs> because like I editing is just like counterintuitive to everything that I stand for, um, in like every way. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, uh, Joshua, thank you for making space for people to listen to your story today, and my encouragement to you who are listening. Um, is to make a path forward. Um, take care of yourself and take care of the people around you with grace, compassion, and love. And please be gentle with yourself, um, because. Can I can I recommend two books that have been very yes, helpful? Yes, we're gonna that? get our, we're gonna get For cut me? off in like two minutes. So if you're quick, yes. Oh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> um, okay, um, there is a book by Jonathan Haidt called H-A-I-D-T called The Righteous Mind which will give you some insight yep it's so good it'll give you some insight on how conservative brains work and then the other one is Love Matters More by Jared Bias and where and he talks about how as Christians if we're trying to bring somebody to understand our point of view we need to first find a way to love that person and if we don't love that person nothing is ever going to happen Thank you, Joshua, for those recommendations. So that's The Righteous Mind. And what's the second one called? Love Matters love More. Matters so the Righteous more. Mind and Love Matters More. Okay, folks, this was a conversation with Joshua Burwald on moving on from abuse. Um, uh, yes, and, and other, other stuff. stuff. On a national level and on a micro level. Um, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, Joshua and I love you. You are enough exactly as you are. Take good care of you today. 